You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support. It's been a fun journey. We're into season four, and uh, this season I've been trying to pick up some even more diverse voices in the wrestling and athletic world. And I have an outstanding guest. Uh, I don't know how to quite say this, but this is the person that gave me the opportunity to uh, coach and be a part of a great, great uh, school system program at basically Western. The former athletic director and Saginaw Valley League director, Mr. Mike Thayer. Mike, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, Isaiah. Thank you very much for the invite. It's uh, great to be on your podcast, and I look forward to a plethora of questions that you have to offer up and uh, anything I can add uh, to your program. I'm, I'm be glad to do it. Well, I, I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, obviously, as I talked before, Mike was the person that hired me as the freshman football coach at Bay State Western. So to kind of give you some context here, I just finished my associate degree at Lansing Community College. And I was in the process of going to Saginaw Valley. And I remember talking to my fiance, who's my wife now, Katie, about, hey, I see there's this freshman football job and um, I'd really like to go for it. And she said, okay. And it was a good opportunity to get into a school system. And I remember it like yesterday because I got interviewed on a Friday and got asked within a couple hours after the interview. I must have interviewed well. Uh, so <laughs> I got I get hired and then I go to one of the varsity football coaches I want to say it was Adam Clark who's offensive coordinator we went to his house to learn the offense and the defense and then I was doing two days on that Monday and it was such a I mean rapid fire uh, and Bruce Mann was the varsity football head varsity football coach at the time yep. and, and and getting that that opportunity was really really cool and, and Mike got to see me as this 20 something wet behind the ears don't know i think i know everything but don't know everything to where i'm at now as this kind of grizzled veteran with two kids and and a wife and a house and things like that so mike has really seen my from the immature kid to the mature kid so really appreciate you being being there for all that well and and we were so happy to have you isaiah back in the day and i do remember it um you came in we had a few interviews uh, that we were conducting and we're just thinking man we it, something's got to happen magical here because we're starting Monday and we're down to coach or two and we got to find somebody and what you did by coming in you fulfilled all the things that athletic directors and certainly Bruce Mann at the time who was the head football coach that, that we're after and that is you're enthusiastic you're willing to work with kids you want to work with kids the energy level was there from day one and most importantly, from an athletic director standpoint, what, what we try to do when we hire coaches is that obviously you're always looking for the right candidate. But once that candidate is hired, they have to be willing to get the additional training. And that what, that's what athletic directors are there to do is to provide that additional training. And then quite honestly, we get the heck out of the way. But we're always kind of there. And, and we do pass <laughs> along some friendly advice now and then when it's necessary but most importantly, we also provide that positive, the praise that everybody needs. From a coaching standpoint, you've learned um, that yelling only has so many positive effects. Um, and some kids, quite honestly, are not built for it. And, and today's student athlete, 
I think you see a lot of that. It, 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 it's a different type of coaching because we have a different type of student athlete. Um, and that's not to say that they're better or worse. It's just that kids evolve, coaches evolve, and they both have to evolve together if they're going to be successful. So getting back to the point, which is when coaches are hired, and it's certainly in the state of Michigan where they have the coaches assistant program or CAP, there are so many levels. I think they now have eight where you can go through at a minimum minimal cost, and most districts will pay for that cost for the coaches to get that additional training. Take that training, go through the program, because you're going to find out that when you are in these CAP classes, you could be you could be at the same table as a competitive cheer coach or cross coach. It doesn't matter. We all have the same desire, and that is to make the student athlete a better overall person. And so when you're looking at just something as simple as a practice plan, organizational structure, what to say before a game, after a game, how important it is for students, and, and this is how important it is for students to ride the bus home from an away event, um, just things like that, that, that we build the complete and total student athlete to make it the best experience possible. And Isaiah, you fit that mold. And then after having a successful freshman football coaching season, boom, here comes the assistant varsity position for wrestling. And you took off from there. So that's, uh, it, we were, we were fortunate to have you. Um, and I know pin Conning, I hope they appreciate the heck out of you today. That's it's, uh, it, it, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. I guess the best way to describe it is I tell you all the time when I was at Western, I mean, it was that, that, that's still my family. There's still a lot of people that I worked with for my coaching capacity, there are kids now that uh, this actual last senior class is the last my last class that I coached when they were freshmen, but all the siblings that I had that I coached over that ten year stretch and and things like that. I mean, you just you don't those memories don't go away. And next year is the ten year anniversary of us uh, winning the regional title, and uh, be interesting to to have an opportunity to talk to some of some of our my former wrestlers and. Uh, talk to Steve Goss and Joe LaFromboise and Mark Nuremberg, guys that I coached with on that team at that time. But enough about me. This isn't about me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how you got involved in the beautiful world of athletics. Sure. Well, I can go way back to the childhood, and that is the fact that both my parents, um, who worked and retired at Muskegon Reese Puffer High School, my mom was a gym teacher, my dad taught business and coached, and my mom did some coaching as well. And it was just in the blood from from the day that they got involved at Reese Buffer. Um, I went to Muskegon Orchard View, um, played every sport. I, I think every day back in the day was was another chance to play some type of sport. Loved it. Um, went through college. Eventually, got the educational degree. And I'll, I'll be very honest with you, Isaiah. I went into education so that I could coach, not just to teach. <laughs> <laughs> to me, coaching was where it was at. I, I knew that I always, and it didn't matter the sport. And it was funny. So when I did, when the opportunity presented itself, when I was working at Merrill, uh, where I was coaching three sports and the opportunity to become an athletic director was presented. So I had a conversation with Linda, my wife, and I said, 
you know, we're, we're talking about this opportunity and obviously there's just more time commitment, more just an additional level of responsibility. And she's like, well, you were going to coach three sports anyway. She says, what's a little bit more time. And, and so uh, <laughs> we kind of blossomed from there. Um, and it's funny. So at, at, um, at Merrill, when I took the job, uh, I, I believe if I've got this right, it's pretty close where I took the job on a Friday. My youngest was born on a, on, on that very next day. And then I started work as an athletic director on Monday. So it was, you know, it, this was before we had the family medical leave act and all those types of things. We, um, we got my wife safely home from hospital along with child, uh, had some additional care provided and I went to work and God bless her 30 years going strong. We're still together and, um, working through all the different levels. Our, our oldest, well, our youngest is officially married now and our oldest just got engaged over the weekend. So there's some exciting times. <laughs> Good. And, uh, yeah, as you'll experience with two young girls yourself, there are uh, exactly a straight line to success. There's a few bumps in the road, and uh, that's why, as as parents, we're there to uh, to provide that leadership <laughs> and friendly advice. It's interesting that you mentioned. You know, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is that because I went to Mesquite Community College, so it, it those that are familiar with MCC, Mesquite or Orchard View is like literally around the corner from the college. You know. Um, not not that far off. That and, is uh, so. I, I do remember when because I saw that you were you were a Lansing guy to begin with, but you went to community college, and I believe you wrestled. And they have they had I don't know if they even keeping track, but they had a very successful and strong wrestling program back on day. And um, yeah, it was certainly one of the things that brought some student athletes to uh, to the Muskegon complex. And you're right, you're right. Or- Orchard View is across the street from (laughs) college you can't you can't get any closer (laughs) no 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 and um one of my uh kevin dex who's a teacher at western same teacher education did our student teaching at western to get got to each other through football and things like that if you remember correctly so he is he is he was on that uh the last team from Orchard View to win a state championship. His uh, his team went undefeated and at the time anyway had scored the most points in a single season. They ran the wing tee and I dare say nobody was running it better at that time. So it was uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. The next man was a steamroller on the front line and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun watching those uh, those guys play and very proud of the alumni. Good times. Oh, yeah. So you go from teaching and then when you think about athletic director and, and the way you describe it, you go from as a coach coaching your specific sport at the specific level, whether it be JV or varsity or if you're a big enough program, a freshman team, to as an athletic director, you're really the coach of all the coaches in some aspect, right? Yeah, and that, that's a good way to look at it it's because it – it, it might be cliche, but it's only cliche if you're in the educational realm. And that is a coach is the extension of the classroom. You are the teacher of that particular team that you're working with. So, so whether your background is in education or not, you still have to have some level of teaching kids. And, and so when I say kids, and you know this too, kids are anybody that you had as a student or a student athlete. They're always kids. It doesn't matter if they're 35 or if they're 16. 
So mm. that means it means no disrespect. It's just a, it's just an endearing term. It's like when somebody sees you and and Ben Conning or so, and they say, "Hey, coach," you know, it's just it's a it's a friendly, respectful greeting that uh, that people give you. But getting back to coaches, when we hire them that are not in the educational field, it's even more important that they get into those coaches. Uh, advancement classes with uh, with the MHSAA because of that that is where uh, they're going to learn some of those tricks and techniques to to better relate to the student athlete. So, yep. yeah, and and I remember my cap training. In fact, graduated from cap training, and it was the cool part for me being a Lansing guy is that I got to go back home for the five or six days that I had to to go in there and spend some time at the MHSAA building and. Uh, now that I'm a member of the rules committee for wrestling, I mean, the extension of my relationship essentially started from that cap training and just continued through, uh, through my coaching and everything else and have the opportunity to, uh, make some effective change in the sport that I'm very passionate about, um, realistically started from taking those cap classes and talking to people like Dan Hutchison and, and Mark Ewell over at the MHSSA and guys like Sam Davis, who's the head official for, for wrestling in the state. So it, it, the opportunities grow from there and, and, and really spearhead from, from that. Yeah, that's, and that's a good way to look at it, too, because you, without taking those cap classes, you may not have had the opportunity to excel as a coach. But more importantly now, you, you still have responsibilities with the MHSAA. And, it's, and you, the connections you make are – what I – what I love about the wrestling world is that there's no tighter group of coaches. And sometimes it's not always friendly, but it's respectful. Um, but the world of, of wrestling coaches uh, is certainly something that is quite unique to see because of the fact that you're working with and, and working through um, whether it's division one, division four, uh, quite honestly, if you're good at what you do, it doesn't matter who's on the mat from a division four to a division one opponent um, and, and coaches themselves can respect that. And, and they do, and they seek out the better competition uh, and the communication that you can have, because, you know, quite often with these tournaments, it's not just a one day tournament, it's an overnight experience. And so you do have even more opportunity to, to spend learning and time with uh, your fellow coaches. So that's, that is where, it gets that unique opportunity for wrestling coaches to grow that, uh, that bond that they have. Mm -hmm. Kind of the networking piece of all of it. You know? um, yeah. So you, you're AD at Merrill. How did this opportunity with basically Western come about and were you nervous to take someone like that? Cause you're going from Merrill's a class D school right off of 46. And I know this very well. Cause I lived in Breckenridge. I called the, the 46 uh, schools, you got Hemlock, and then it's Merrill, then Breckenridge, then Alma, or St. Louis, then Alma. All five of those schools are within 12 miles of each other. Probably do a terrible guesstimation, but they're relatively, you can get through them in about eight minutes. Right <laughs> on 46. Yeah, unless it's farming season, you're, uh, you, might have, you might have a slight delay, but you're right. Uh, the M46 corridor and all those cities and towns that you just named, um, are, are certainly um, where it was for me anyway back in the day. That, uh, so being at Maryland, I was there for 12 years. Um, one of the roles that I had was I was middle school principal as well as district athletic director and even did some school-to-work coordinating. And then it, it essentially became 
a one one building middle school high school so we, I went from middle school principal to go I went back into the classroom while still maintaining the district athletic director duties and at that time I just saw that the, if, if I'm going to grow upward it's if there's just fewer chances in in Merrill love the community love the people still still appreciate everything that they did uh, and offered up but it was I interviewed a number of places and thankfully after two or three rounds uh, with Bay City Public Schools where I convinced them enough that uh, I, I could take on the whole um, assistant principal and athletic director in 2007 and made it all the way to January 2023 and it was uh, it was a ton of fun a lot a lot of work a lot of time dedicated to being at school on the road um, setting up, tearing down events. <laughs> it just, it was, but the stories, um, and obviously the championships are out, outstanding. That's why we do things. But to be honest with you, Isaiah, some of the best experiences that we had were, were those student athletes who were never going to play at collegiately or even intramurally, let's put it that way, at, at, the, at that next level. And to see them get the opportunity to compete, uh, to be with their friends, um, just to hang around and have fun in the stands, work through the warm-ups, get their, get their buddies ready to participate and play. Um, that's some of the most exciting things that, that I've, I've, I've witnessed. We had, we had for instance, um, uh, a blind wrestler at Western uh, compete, and it was, it was just one of the coolest things you'll ever see. And obviously it takes some cooperation from his opponent uh, in order to – it's a safe opportunity for him to compete in and, and respectfully to his opponent. It was, uh, and, and, and all that from your student manager being able to get into the game and magically hit the three pointer, um, you know, just <laughs> those types of things that, yeah. that, that you're not going to just bump into. It, it takes a lot of work and effort from all sides to make those opportunities happen. And that, that's what I can appreciate the coaches that we have, whether it's a paid coach, volunteer, the time and effort that they place in making the student athlete a complete person is something I always appreciated. And I tried to do that same with all the coaches that we have. And so, um, you know, most, most of the time you're going to be able to get through to a coach, to get him or her better. Uh, there are times, unfortunately, where, you know, with the additional training, uh, the advice, the meetings, um, things just don't go don't go, go the way that uh, both sides had hoped. And you hope and respect the fact that it's a mutual parting. But those are some of the things that come with the territory that if from an athletic director standpoint, you're not doing what's best for the student athlete, then you have to make that decision. It's similar to a coach when you try to determine playing time. There are times when you have to make difficult decisions. And you know, you, when you make those decisions, it's always what's best for the team. And that's the way we look at it from a administrative standpoint as well, is that we're doing what's best for the team. Yeah. Yeah. And the team, the program moving forward. Uh, you mentioned something about, do you believe, and I've had this conversation a little bit with some of the other guests I've had that you would prefer, I shouldn't say prefer, but would it be easier to have a, a coach that ha that's in education, not necessarily you know, obviously teaching or anything like that, but even a paraprofessional, but somebody that's actually in the building day by day 
And if they don't have somebody that, or if the coach is not in the building, what are some things that they can do to kind of help facilitate uh, knowing when a kid is messing up in practice or in school grades, things like that? Yeah. And obviously having a coach on staff, and when I say on staff, it's not just teaching. There are many roles within the school system that a parent, a a person can have in regards to having employment uh, within the school system. So uh, it is certainly something that from an administrative standpoint, you look for, but it's not a prerequisite. So let's say that you do hire somebody who's non-staff and they have typically will have a job that is not related to the educational world, also not related to educational hours, which are somewhat unique because most of your practices are starting, you know, anywhere from 2.30 to 3.30. And so, you know, that's the middle of the day. And, and some of those folks are used to uh, wrapping up their work day at about that time. So mm. it takes an adjustment from that standpoint. And we're not, out, not even talking about games and travel and the lack of transportation and all that fun stuff. Um, we're just talking about day-to-day practice. So once we hire uh, a person who's not in the educational world and we take a look at their work schedule, there are some opportunities where we can work with them to get them into a, into the school on a daily basis or semi-regular basis so that they can get a feel for what it is that their student-athletes are doing. Um, because certainly the student-athlete, they love to see their coach on a day-to-day basis as well beyond the practice uh, realm and, and to see them in the in the school system and, and keeping an eye on them and watching over them and uh, making sure that they're doing all the things that they should. Uh, most importantly, you know, behaving themselves and respectful in the classroom. So, uh, just looking for opportunities for non-staff coaches to be in the building is certainly where we start. Um, but if you can't do that, then you try to get to school as soon as it ends uh, before practice. But we try to caution coaches is don't be the last one to practice. It, it, mm-hmm. it, you're going to find yourself fighting an uphill battle every single day if, in fact, you're the last one to practice. Uh, take the time to make the adjustments that are necessary, and if that adjustment means that it's just not for you because obviously your number one job is, is not coaching. You, you, have to, you have to raise a family and, and get the income that uh, is necessary to do that. Coaching is is in many, almost always, a secondary responsibility. Um, but don't tell that to your don't tell that to your team. <laughs> they, they never ever want to hear that. They mm-hmm. they are for one priority, uh, and that is that's how you have to uh, up, make it appear to them because that's where you gain the trust that you're going to need in order to have a successful season. Mm-hmm. At Western, you know, you're there for 15 and a half years. You got to see, you know, programs rise and winning, you know, district and regional titles and being part of a couple state championships and uh, things like that. What is it? What is it like when you when you've seen like maybe a young coach take a unheralded team to success or you see like a. I would say Coach McDonald, Tim, who's a good friend of mine, and, and uh, to see the success, the longevity he's had. Like, what's that like from an athletic director standpoint when you see those things? Like, how does that make you feel? What do you think? Yeah, and, and that's a good question because an athletic director watches games differently than what, you know, a spectator would, and certainly as a parent. 
uh, and how they watch a game. What we do is you're looking at the complete perspective of what it is that's taking place. So, for instance, in, in a situation where a student athlete makes a mistake and they need – they probably need to be taken out of the game and having a conversation. To us, as athletic directors, what, what does that look like when you take a student athlete from the competition? Do you just allow them to go to the bench and sulk? Do you have an assistant coach provide an opportunity to grow and to learn by having a conversation with them? Or do you directly as the head coach, because it was you that made the choice to have them leave the field or the court or the mat in your case, what is it that you're going to do? Are you going to put your arm around them and have a conversation with them and so that they, they know that, yep, you made a mistake here, but the next time that's not going to happen because you're going to do it this way. So those are the learning opportunities that we look at. And so when it all comes together, to answer your question, Isaiah, when it all comes together and results in a championship, and that could be a, a conference championship, district, regional, beyond, to me, the opportunity to go out there, shake the coach's hand, you know, have one of those friendly hugs where it's just like, we've done it, you know. And, and I only say we because I'm a part of the school system. I said when we first started this uh, podcast, we find the right coach, we provide them with the right opportunities to get the training, they get the training, and then as athletic directors, we get the heck out of the way, and we allow them, and we trust them that they're doing the And to see it come to success uh, by winning a championship at any level, um, it is certainly a lot of fun and the reason why we do things. But and I just witnessed it the other day. You talk about Coach McDonald. His team this year, um, and they probably would have been rated number one, but the number one team is unbelievable. But for the most part, the entire season, they spent the year at number two. Won 30 games in a row, stumbled a little bit down the stretch, get to the district final, and Midland Dow plays a perfect game. And they lose by one run. And I've, and I've seen this before. You never should have to tell a coach that at a championship presentation where you know there's going to be a presentation of a trophy and medals that you take your team and you go have a sidebar conversation and not pay attention to what's being done. Every single warrior was out there on the first baseline. And trust me, they weren't happy and they shouldn't be. You lost. You don't expect happiness after a loss, but we're respectful Um uh, allowed for the championship uh, presentation to take place with the medals and trophy, clap their hands when uh, the presentation was done, and then the conversation took place with the team. And so that, to me, the, Coach McDonald gets it. Um, and there are so, so many other that do the, do the same thing. But let's say from an athletic director standpoint, you see that the coach didn't do that. That's where we have the conversation because – there are a lot of people out there looking, and, and they take they take notice of things like that that happen. It's about being respectful. I think I just I, I just saw it last night because the Nuggets won the NBA championship. The game is over, and the MVP uh, Jokic, when he right after the game is done, before celebrating with any of his teammates, went over and shook the hand of every Miami Heat player, and that's class. That that's. So at the highest level of competition, we do see examples of sportsman, sportsmanship and being a class act, and, and we saw that last night. 
Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a fantastic game. I mean, the straight off into the basketball realm, uh, Jokic is a very, a very unique talent that I have not seen like that since probably his size, LeBron and probably magic to be able to control the game from the offensive standpoint. It's really fun to see. And they're a real fun team to watch. Um, One of my last questions to you is what is your advice to those young coaches that are eager to get in and build a successful program? What would you say to them as well, some advice? Well, it'd be like having a conversation with the young Isaiah Thomas that I had um, just a few years ago. And I, and I <laughs> can't believe you tell me how many years, how many years ago were you hired at Western? Oh, uh, see, uh, thirteen years ago was uh, so twenty fall twenty ten was when I got my my first job at Western, and then I was hired in September of twenty fifteen as the head varsity wrestling coach. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I only chuckled because it's like holy smokes, that's uh, time flies. Yeah, uh, it, but in a but in a great way, and to see your beautiful family camping and the the joy that they uh, they bring to the world is uh, it's a pleasure to see because that's. Ultimately, that's what we're after. We, we want you teaching our student athletes to the best of your ability, but we want you to be a, a rock-solid citizen, too, and, and that's exactly what you are, Isaiah. So um, I'm just glad to be a part of uh, that learning process that, uh, that you took part in all those years ago. And, and what I would tell that, that young, eager Isaiah Thomas, um, again, would be to listen, to take in all the information that you can, when there's a training opportunity that presents itself, um, whether it's at a coach's clinic, uh, whether it's through the MHSAA, or it's, it's teaching the youth, um, one of the best things that we were able to accomplish in Bay County was the fact that we did have a tremendous youth program. And kids, young kids, when I'm talking about, not, not in high school, they love nothing better than to see that high school student athlete or, and the high school coaching staff come down work with them they are sponges at that age they'll take anything and everything you have to offer um, and it doesn't just have to be about rest in this case or or baseball or softball in other cases they just want to be around that student athlete because ultimately that's what they want to become themselves and so as from a wrestling standpoint um, you provide those youth level training opportunities and right now across the state of Michigan I can see it you know here You've got your wrestling camps, basketball's going strong, uh, girls and boys. You've got gyms full of young kids that are eager. Um, and parents are certainly looking for opportunities to get their kids out uh, of the house and, and into that learning opportunity. Because right. let's be honest, I mean, how often now are, are we seeing kids just going outside and playing? And so those are that's where a school system can step in. And I'm, I'm even talking about opening if, if the school itself, like Western does, it has a pool fully functioning, open up that pool, provide the safety that's necessary, but get them in there. Give them the opportunity to have some fun. And by, by having fun, the chances of them playing that sport long term increases. And so those are the opportunities that we're looking for. And those are the opportunities we want our young coaches to continue to provide the student athletes. And, and let's be honest, Isaiah, and you're well aware. If, if you're coaching a varsity sport, it's not quite year-round, but it feels that way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Your, your commitment level, um, and if we, if we ever broke down what a coach truly makes per hour over the hours 
and the miles that they travel to accomplish each mission that they have, they would never coach. So we <laughs> accept an opportunity to coach because of the pay you accept because you love the opportunity to work with student athletes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you're not, it's, it's not a get rich quick scheme. Um, I mean, I can remember a lot of our conversations, especially when I became the head coach, you know, off season training and, and, you know, we had a wrestling camp there for five years and, and being able to bring in um, some top notch clinicians to come in to work out with our athletes in the area and uh, you know, scheduling. I mean, I think that's the, the biggest thing. And I know I said one of the last questions, but the, I always appreciate that you allowed your coaches the flexibility to create their own schedule. Um, I've talked to other, some of my coaching colleagues where the athletic director is very, what's one I said? Uh, I'm trying to be politically correct. Likes to have a lot of control when it comes to scheduling and practices mm-hmm. and things like that. And I've always appreciated that you've always been pretty honest and also giving the opportunities. And, and I, I've mentioned this before, I would send like, hey, I want to go to this place next year, it's this date, boom, boom, boom. And within, you know, a couple hours, it's done. You know, there wasn't a, you trusted your coaches to make the decisions based on what they have for, for talent, things like that, what would best help them grow during the season so they can make a postseason run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, if you're going to coach, and your kids are going to compete and compete at the highest level, then you have to train them and they have to be willing to be trained. And, and not only, you know, during the season, but the off season. And then when we get into the uh, season yet, chances are you're, you're going to be taking on the best competition that, that we have to offer because that's how we get better. Um, and so, you know, success is, it, it just gets a little tougher uh, at, at each level that you climb um, as you get closer to a championship. And so um, that's why it, it makes it so special when things like that happen. And it's, uh, um, I, I did see the other day that, and this was before the time that I joined Bay City Western, but it's either the, I want to say the 1993 team, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, Bay City Western wrestling is being inducted into the uh, Bay County uh, Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, their runner-up performance, and it might have even been back-to-back years, where uh, it's <laughs> what, a, what a special time uh, of wrestling that it was back in the day when the uh, Warriors were taking the mat um, in the early and late 90s. They, uh, they had quite the program. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned '93 team, which I'm going to have to get one of those guys on for for uh, you know for one of the episodes. And uh, they, 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 the only one loss I believe, and that was in the state championship to a to a very great uh, Granville team coached by Hall of Famer Tom Kreps, and uh, then they came back in '96 and were runner up to Holt, who was coached by another Hall of Famer and the late great Rocky Schaff. But uh, but yeah, Western has has had one of the strongest traditions of wrestling, especially in in Bay County. Um, so before I let you go, Mike, a little uh, thing that I was thinking about. I remember the 2013 team regionals were about ready to wrestle Greenville. And I gave this very impassioned speech where I got super emotional. And um, I remember I came out of the locker room and you looked at me and gave me a hug. You're like, is everything all right? I'm like, Oh no, I'm good. I just, you know, I, I, I had a lot of emotions when I talked to him. And um, that's when I realized that you went beyond the whole uh, employer employee 
that you you care about the people that you work with and and that's one of the things i've always appreciated about you uh your genuine care for how people are doing and and you have a great way of sensing how they're feeling things like that and even when i uh, decided to walk away you know um you you knew that i was that i had given as much as i could to the program and it was now time for me to to give back to my family. Well, I, I'm glad that uh, that meant as much as it did to you. Isaiah meant as much to me as well. And that's when you, when you talked about the opportunities of, from an athletic director standpoint, um, that's why you have to be present and you have to be present in the moment. Um, and I was glad I was there um, at that exact time, the big guy upstairs time to just write for each of us to, to meet up uh, during that special moment. And, there are so many special moments when it comes to athletics. Uh, that's why it's so exciting. Uh, you just never know. You go to competitions, you watch them, um, actively being able to watch them. And sometimes that's tricky for athletic directors because, let's be honest, there are things that happen off the mat or in the stands that <laughs> warrant our attention. So uh, when I do get the opportunity or have the opportunity to watch an event, uh, without having the responsibility of direct supervision, I really truly appreciated uh, being in the moment to be able to fully participate by being that active spectator. And um, and in the case, in the example you provided, uh, go that extra level um, because of, I, I felt that uh, you and the team truly deserved that recognition. And it was a very special moment for Warrior Wrestling, which had spent many years uh, climbing the ladder only to experience a lack of success and to finally reach that point, it, uh, it meant a lot to everybody. And, um, I just remember the, the, um, the number of people that, uh, came out to support the program again, uh, was phenomenal. It was, it was just great to see all those faces again and having those fun conversations and all the stories of, you know, that, that started with you remember when, uh, <laughs> and, and you provided one of those moments because now people can say you remember when, and, uh, and that's what you want to be a part of uh, on the positive side more times than the negative, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you being on. And, and I hope that you and Linda are enjoying your retirement as you transition from the educational world to another job. So it's, it's not even like you retired. You just went you're just working another job now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have three jobs now. And so it's just one of those things where you you balance uh the opportunities to, to provide it's, it's a, it's been a, an interesting transition. I got to be honest with you. It was very difficult at first. Um, and not that it's ever, ever gets easy, but it's just, it's just another phase of, of life. And it's something that Linda truly deserves with all the, all the nights and evenings of being away. Uh, thankfully, and in, in during the last probably four or five years that I worked at Western, she jumped on board and took tickets. So, at least we could have, you know, dinner in the ticket booth. For <laughs> well, types of things that uh, just bring a smile to my face uh, still to this day. So just uh, keeping it positive as far as the memories are concerned and all the wonderful opportunities that presented them uh, themselves to me was, uh, was certainly uh, appreciated. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you take care, Mike, and thank you again. Thank you, Isaiah. You have a great day. Say hi to the family. Will do. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.